Welcome back, podcasters, to another episode of News on the Fly, a weekly run-through of all the latest travel industry news. We're certainly in the eye of the COVID-19 hurricane, and there's so much happening, so let's just get into it. I'm Bruce Piper. And I'm Anna Piper, and this is Travel Daily News on the Fly. So let's start off this week with cruise because the report from the New South Wales government inquiry into the Ruby Princess has finally been released. So Bruce, can you run us through it? Yeah, this is big news and it's a rare piece of good news for cruising. I'm not sure the outcome is exactly what New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian was expecting when she announced the inquiry. It's a massive report, 336 pages. And after all that testimony and analysis, you know, all those days spent in court, the commissioner has found that really the only mistakes that were made were by New South Wales Health. If you cast your mind back, at the time there were several statements and even video presentations from Princess Cruises Vice President Stuart Allison and Carnival Australia CEO Stura Mermel strenuously insisting that the cruise line had done everything right. And guess what? They were telling the truth. That's great. And what did the report find? Well, keen listeners to the podcast may remember that back when the inquiry got announced, I said it would be a monumental waste of time. And I think I've been proved right. The report basically says that the commissioner can't believe that New South Wales Health assessed the ship as low risk, but that's what they did. And so everyone else acted in accordance with the guidelines. It was assessed at low risk despite the escalating situation. A form with test results was incorrectly interpreted by some officials. The various state and government organisations sort of didn't know who was doing what and who was responsible for which parts of the biosecurity. But basically, the Commissioner Brett Walker concluded there were no systemic issues and that unfortunate mistakes were made in the heat of the moment. And and of course, you know, if you remember, it was a highly stressful time. No one in particular is to blame. People did their best, but stuff happens is basically the conclusion. And what's really sad about the whole thing is that at the time, the whole hysteria around cruising and this inquiry, the mainstream media bloodbath, led New South Wales Police Commissioner Mick Fuller to order all foreign flagships to leave local waters. Even P&O, Australia's ships, which have homeported in Sydney for years, they're here all, all year round. So this incredible uproar has basically contributed to the destruction and demonisation of the cruise industry, which in hindsight has been pretty much completely vindicated. And while New South Wales Premier Berejiklian has apologised to the people who contracted coronavirus due to the debacle, no such apology has been forthcoming to the cruise industry, the travel industry, the suppliers, operators or anyone else whose livelihoods have been destroyed by this overreaction. It is good that the report acknowledges that the captain, the ship's doctor and the Princess Shoreside team all acted correctly. Let's hope that's a start in helping rebuild the cruise sector's reputation. Yeah, let's hope so. So as we're recording this podcast, it looks like a bunch of bad news has just broken. Can you tell us what's happening? Yes, it's been one heck of a week. Um, So we're recording this on Thursday, the 20th of August. This morning, we've had Qantas reporting its annual results, which are basically a massive $2.7 billion loss. Not unexpected because they've got their whole international fleet grounded. They've written down a whole lot of aircraft, slashed and burned right across the operation, but it's still a huge headline number. As if that's not enough, overnight we've had STA Travel announce that it's being placed into insolvency. Uh, That's the Swiss parent company, uh, which is importing an external administrator. And so we're not really sure what that means for the Australian store network, whether it'll keep trading at this stage. But I'm sure that's a massive shock for the local team. And unfortunately, you know, likely to be one of several dominoes that fall. Overnight, we also revealed that Flight Centre is restructuring its product support operations, which is going to mean the closure of the Infinity Holidays wholesale brand. 
It's, of course, action that's necessary to preserve the overall company for the future and make sure it's able to start off strong when travel returns, but naturally, it's going to mean more redundancies. They're establishing a new product center of excellence or a product hub, and basically, they're going to rely more on the expertise of their frontline consultants because the ones who are left in the business are the ones who have lots of knowledge. It's all really sad, and we really hate having to report all this bad news, and who knows how that is going to shake out in terms of Infinity's external wholesale customers. Yeah, it's all feeling pretty bleak right now. Introducing the Travel Daily Awards. The Travel Daily Awards honour travel agents and suppliers for their work during COVID-19. Tell us who has gone above and beyond in these challenging times and how they have supported you. Nominations are open to both those who are currently employed and those who are seeking new roles. Travel agents can nominate suppliers across a range of categories and suppliers can nominate consultants in each state and territory, as well as the best leisure and corporate travel agencies. Nominations open 21st of August. Visit awards.traveldaily.com.au to nominate someone today. also got the opportunity to talk to after CEO Darren Rudd and I believe he made quite a few significant revelations. Yeah, well, the industry certainly isn't going down without a fight. Amidst all this doom and gloom, we did manage to secure an interview with Darren, which was shown live on Zoom from the Travel Industry Hub yesterday. And I think from the feedback, it's provided quite a lot of reassurance for the industry. So what did he say? What's happening? Well, I think it became clear during the interview that there is tons happening behind the scenes that we don't always know what's going on, including pushing for border openings, relaxation of travel restrictions. But the big news that we didn't know prior to the interview was details of the after budget submission. The federal government's going to have a budget announced in early October. And in the lead up to that, organisations right across the economy put in their bids for government funding for various programs. After he's asking for um, monies in the order of hundreds of millions of dollars, to help out the travel industry. Now, there's no absolutely no guarantee that we'll get any of it, but they're having a, a real good crack, asking for support in the form of one-off payments for travel agents, uh, perhaps going through restructuring or um, deciding what to do about the future of their business. There's money for perhaps an extension of JobKeeper, but a much more targeted extension and also money for AFTA, because this week we've also heard that AFTA is being forced to shut its operations down to three days a week. Now, that's its office opening hours. They will be sort of on deck after hours, answering emails on the other two days, but basically Monday to Wednesday. And he said during the interview that basically just the reality of the situation is that AFTA's got to try to preserve its cash just like everyone else in the industry. They've got no money coming in either. So AFTA is going to need money to build its own internal skills so that it can continue to support the industry through and beyond this pandemic. The interview was also, we addressed the elephant in the room uh, of Webjet joining, and he did defend that pretty well, saying that in these times, we need everyone in the tent. We need government attention. And the way to get that is by being big, having lots of members, lots of members with lots of value to the economy. Wow, it sounds like there was a lot in the interview. If you do want to check out the full interview, you can see it on the travelindustryhub.com and you can register to view a recording of that. We also are going to be doing a bonus episode of News on the Fly with sort of a highlights reel of everything that was said in that interview because it was really good and uh, very, very interesting. So keep an ear out for that. That will be coming soon. 
And Bruce, I believe something else was announced in Travel Daily this week. Can you share with us what that is? The other thing that we're doing to try to lift people's spirits in these dark times is the Travel Daily Awards. And they're being open for nomination on the 21st of August, which is when this podcast comes out, Friday. Um, details are all online at awards.traveldaily.com.au. These aren't your ordinary sort of awards. We are so thrilled to provide the industry with an opportunity to uh, highlight some of the great things that suppliers and travel agents and consultants have been doing to support one another through this pandemic. There's opportunities for suppliers to nominate travel agents who've gone above and beyond and vice versa for for agents to nominate the support that they've had from suppliers. Look, in these times, all we can do is think positive, look forward to the dawning of a new era. Yeah, this week we had some aspirational talk from Webjet who announced their results. CEO John Gooksick said, travel will return. Travel is aspirational and exciting. And once markets reopen, the company is expecting to see an unprecedented airline, hotel and tourism offerings. And it's going to be a time of rediscovering the world. Let's look forward to that time. Yeah, those are really encouraging words. I do think that at the moment we need to be looking out for one another and celebrating each other as much as we can. So if you do know someone who you think deserves recognition for what they have been doing throughout COVID-19, please nominate them for a Travel Daily Award. As Bruce said, those nominations open today, the 21st of August. And if you just head to awards.traveldaily.com.au, you can find out all the information and nominate someone there. As always, thank you so much for listening. Stay up to date throughout the week with your daily newsletters from Travel Daily and from Cruise Weekly. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. We will be back next week with more news on the fly.